Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Natureversity podcast. Today, I have Layla Prestwood with me. Prestwood, is that is that synchronistic? It, yeah, it's very fitting for sure. <laughs> it is. And you know, one of the things about Chris Hyde is I, I dear tan hides. Of course and you so, do. You isn't, have that to, right? isn't that weird? I'm going to look up a study or something. We're going to find out statistically like all these people named George are geologists. <laughs> but so Layla is a, a huge asset to tree folks here in Austin. Tree folks uh, has been around for a long time. I think since the 80s, right? If I 89. remember reading correctly. 89. Yeah. And we want to get to know who tree folks are, how they're helping our community and get to know Layla a little bit, a little bit. So Layla, take it away. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> ask me some questions. I don't, my name Who is are Layla. you? Where were you born? <laughs> I was born in West Covina and I grew up mostly in a little town called Chino in Southern California. Okay. What was it like for you growing up there? Um, it was fine, I guess. I mean, Southern California, you got the beach and the sun all the time. So that's always nice. Yeah. Were you an outdoor kid? I wasn't as outdoorsy as I am now, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, always liked being in the sunshine and, you know, normal kid playing outside stuff, but I didn't really get into, um, like, my love of nature until I was in my early 20s. Yeah. yeah. And how did you get there? Like, do, what was, um you in high school, you didn't have any, like, go camping all the time and backpacking, rock climbing? And no, I wish I had all that stuff in high school. Um. No, I, my parent, like my family didn't really camp much, didn't really go hiking much. So that was never really part of my growing up and where I lived was, um, more inland. So I wasn't right next to the ocean or the mountains. I was kind of like smack dab in the middle. Um, but what led me to the outdoors was I did AmeriCorps, the national program. And then that led me to Texas Conservation Corps out here in Austin. Yeah. And um, AmeriCorps, so you did that right after high, high school? No, I floated around after high school for a little bit, didn't go straight to college. Um, and then I did AmeriCorps when I was 23. Yeah. So. What, did, what does AmeriCorps consist of? What did it consist of for you? So the national program is basically there's five different locations in the United States and it's essentially like the Peace Corps, but for the United States. Um, <laughs> and so I was based out of Denver, Colorado, and we worked in the Southwest states um, doing all kinds of service, public service, like working with kids. Um, we did work at a state park. We did like a free summer day camp. Um, and then we also worked in San Marcos for a little bit, um, kind of cleaning up or helping to clean up after the Blanco River flooding back mm. in, I think it was, shoot, 2015. I can't even remember oh, now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That we big were there October like, flood. Yeah. We were there like, I think a year or two after, um, but still, you know, just trying to help out in any way that we can. And that's kind of how I fell in love with Central Texas. San Marcos is a beautiful place. The river is magic. And um, Austin was just right there. So, yeah. Yeah, perfect. I, it's it always fun to hear people's stories on how they got here and what, you know, they've always had this inkling. I always hear that, oh, somebody mentioned Austin and then that was on my back burner and then somebody mentioned it again and then something brought me here and you're like, yes, I'm here. How long have you been here? I've been here, I guess I first moved here in 2017. I left for a year um, to do some disaster response projects and then I came back. Um, in 2019, I believe. Yeah. So after the AmeriCorps, you said you got involved in the, well, after the first one, I did Texas Conservation Texas Corps, Conservation Corps, which is the state run 
yeah. um, AmeriCorps program here in Austin. They have a couple different locations now too, Houston, Louisiana. But um, which one did you like more? I I only did Austin. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm biased, but um, yeah, no, it's such a great program. It was probably like my best year of life was that program that year. Um, just amazing people that love nature and want to sustain it and conserve it and bring people out into nature. Um, we worked on like improving public lands. Um, and then we also doubled as a disaster response team, which, you know, I just completely fell in love with because how could you not? Yeah. Have you ever taken one of those like CERT certifications? Cert, Cert. It's like certified emergency response no, team. But I should. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. They, it's really neat. They're, they just talk about kind of like triage and putting out yeah. extensive fires to help the fire department in ways. Nice. And it's a cool little training thing, but it's all over central Texas. Um, yeah, that's uh, conservation core and all that stuff. I run into them, you know, last time I ran into them was in big bend, you know, and they were nice. doing trail maintenance and Lucky. I was just so, I don't know. I'm, I'm so, hmm. I see the work that they do and I'm like, dude, you're dragging tools up like 12 miles and then fixing stones and repairing stones and doing all this. I'm like, that's, and there's hardly any effort, but I really think what gets me is that their dedication to wanting to see either public grounds or nature as a whole just improved. And yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. So it sounds like you're kind of in that same vein. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that's why I fell in love with it because you know, I was new to Austin, but we were working in these places, um, improving the lands. And then you get to go there with your friends and family and be like, look, I worked on this and I built this and did this trail here. And it's just so cool to be a part of like kind of the history of Austin, like, you know, 20, 30, however many years from now, you'd be like, yeah, my crew did that. It's just so cool. Yeah. It does feel good to see the results of your hard labor and then for for them and then for them to stand around for quite some time yeah hey <laughs> yes. I, I had a hand in that exactly. you know feels good to go back and visit yeah. um and then so that's kind of what sparked it all for you then Absolutely. you were outside all day mm-hmm. and you knew that I'm not going back did you ever work inside like extensively oh I tried um out of high school you know I, I didn't go to college so I just worked and I had this idea in my head that like, oh, you're supposed to get like an office job that's really official and like professional and that's just what you're supposed to do in your early 20s. And I tried and I just, I just hated it. Like I did well, I was good at it, but I hated it. I need to be in the sunshine like at least eight hours a day. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder where you got that idea that you're supposed to sit in a cubicle and get a career from. Someone, someone (laughs) was lying to us when they said that. Uh, but that's good. You found your calling. And as I talk about all the time on this podcast, you found your icky guy, right? Your, your Zen icky guy, your icky Explain guy. Explain that one. <laughs> so oh, the pod, the, the listeners are going to hate me because I've explained this a million times, but I'm going to do it one <laughs> Sorry, more time. Guys. No, it's, it's great. Cause I think more people, maybe new listeners will find their icky guy through this. So you've got four circles in a Venn diagram form and right? it's that which you're good at, you know, that which the world needs, uh, that which you have a passion for, and then that which you can be paid for. Oh my God. And when those exactly it. four things come together right there in the smack dab middle, you got your little icky guy, your, amazing. your purpose for life. Yeah. And, uh, you're young and not a lot of people I feel, uh, find that so young and have such dedication then. And I think our 20 year olds today are kind of more like, let's, you know, do it all the fun ways. And 
I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm telling y'all now as a <laughs> almost 40 year old, you want to work hard during those 20 years and make your thirties easy. And then you do the cool <laughs> partier stuff. I don't know, but yeah. here I am preaching to people. But <laughs> anyway, so you got your passion going and what brought you to tree folks? Oh, that's easy. I mean, being someone who was in, you know, not only conservation corps, but in tree care in that world, um, tree folks was just like, it just made sense to volunteer with them. And, um, I volunteered a few times, like over my, you know, few years of being here. But the last time I volunteered before I worked here was, um, like winter of last year. And I was in kind of like a bad headspace and, you know, just kind of hibernating a lot. And I went and volunteered with them and I was just, I like, I felt like just happier and I felt good and it like boosted my mood. And I remember thinking that I had not been around a group of strangers like that in a long time that just made me feel so at home and like comfortable and welcome. Yeah. And that was like so special. And I was like, this is where I need to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What, What was the first volunteering opportunity that you did with them? I believe I did a tree adoption event like a few years ago. Um, but the one that I'm mentioning in the winter was a ready set plant where we plant like thousands of saplings. Um, and you partner up with someone and it was someone I had never met and you know, he was really nice and we had great conversation and everyone else around us was just having such a good time. And a couple guys next to us were even naming each of their trees. And I ended up being good friends with one of them. And I was like, wow, this is like such a great opportunity to just, be involved in the community, meet great people, do great things. Like what more did you want? Yeah, it's, it is. And I think the feeling of that, you know, now like, well, I'm not going back. Yeah. No. You know? What is back? That's not right. <laughs> well, I, I think people will sell themselves on that. Like I've, I don't know. I've, I've actually had staff who work for us here at Natureversity tell us like, I'm, you know, a little cautious because like, it's so nice here, you know, like it's so welcoming, like there's some other thing going on and I'm, you know, but in the end, after they depart, they're like, man, that was definitely one of my favorite jobs. I loved it. It taught me so much. I grew, I, I'm now doing better things with what was given to me there. And yeah, it's all wonderful. So you've went to this tree planting volunteer opportunity you met some great people and what was next how did you did you reach out to them did they reach out to you did you know right there like this is it yeah so I talked to who the person who is now my supervisor Max um he was at the planting event and he recognized me because we actually did we both did conservation corps the same year we were just in different teams so he recognized me we started chatting and I was like man are you guys hiring soon like I I really would love to work here Um, and he, I got his card and everything and he was like, you know, I'll let you know, um, when we post something on the website, I waited and waited. I would check like every month, you know, just to see like, did they post something yet? And finally they did. And I think I must've been like their first applicant. Like I was just like right there on it, uh, just ready for a change. And I applied, I got the interview and it just was, yeah, it was it was good. <laughs> Did they ask you to identify a ton of trees in the interview? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, you're kidding. 
that is not required because there's always room to learn and grow at tree folks. Absolutely not. They weren't like, what tree are we sitting said, under What's right now? What's your favorite tree? I wish it was in person. It was not in person. Oh, was this during some some vid? It was like some COVID stuff. Maybe toward the tail end of okay. it, but it still, you know, just made sense to do it on Zoom. But um, they definitely asked what the favorite tree is, and that changes like daily monthly whatever really i mean for any tree person i think most people at tree folks will be like my favorite tree today is Mm. but of all time probably a live oak live oak so sturdy and resilient like they're great aren't they though they're beautiful they're so beautiful (laughs) so magnificent they're just a majestic totem to (laughs) patience i feel yes you know they are patient they are kind yeah um you know, we are giving grat. We we always start our day off with like morning circle is what we call it, and we always give gratitude. Aww. What we call bring minds together, and yes. we're ta- giving thanks for some trees today because nice. it's just so. I don't know. Feels it feels good to have everything that they've given to us. You know, tonight I'm going to be doing this stick carving thing, knife carving, truly at um, Lumber Society, and um, I'm going to tell the story about a stick. And it's <laughs> transference to where it's at today. And um, I, I couldn't have that stick and tell that entire story without trees. Couldn't so, yeah, no, it's I, 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 there's that old joke. I'm, you may have heard it, but it's about um, kids today wanting Internet. <laughs> and they're like, wow, you know, I can't get the Internet out in the woods. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's the bummer, right? Like, what if what if trees produced Wi-Fi signals? And they're like, oh. whoa. They do, but not for internet. Right. For human connection, not internet connection. Exactly. That's exactly right. But I've always joked with the kids after saying (laughs) that, and they're like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. I was like, do you think people would chop down trees if they did that? They're like, no, 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 not at all. We should just tell people that's what they do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do. You tell the kids they produce internet. You cut them down. Don't do it. (laughs) But then I, I follow it up with, yeah, it's just, you know, too bad they only produce oxygen. And it sits know, there as right? a moment for the kid, and they go, oh, oh, the like, goes off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I, you always want, I, I feel, you want people to have a healthy connection with something before they begin to, I don't know, go parade on about how it's to be protected. Yeah. You know, I have so many sure. folks who are like, do conservation work with me, and but I'm like, wait, you don't know what vines you're cutting down right now? They're like, no, they're just invasive. I'm like, man, there's so many things cool you could do with that vine, you don't yeah. know, like the privet trees and the china berries and everybody hates them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's so many cool things we can do with them. So, yes, it's very controversial that of invasive species. But yeah, I mean, everything has a place and a purpose, you know, even if we don't want it to be there, it still has a place and a purpose. Yeah, I feel that way. So you get to tree folks, you get this job. Mm-hmm. And what what did you discover? You did you discover? Okay, this is the vision of that place. Tell us what the vision of Tree Folks is. The vision, the vision, the mission is yeah, basically <laughs> to help to empower people to want to spend time outdoors and to have that community aspect um, and to you know save and care for trees. Um, yeah, and I mean, that aligns very perfectly with, you know, my whole, what I believe in, <laughs> why I've done tree work for the past three years, you know, yeah. things like that. Everybody listening right now. Yeah. I mean, um, do you think, how many people do you think have volunteered total with tree folks? In all their Just years? Just give me a ballpark number. Whew. Just say I, it's over a million. 
I think it's over 500,000. I think in this season alone, there has been at least, I want to say like close to a thousand. Yeah. Because at each of our Ready, Set, Plant events, there's between 50 and 100 people. And then we also have tree adoption giveaways. I don't really know how many people volunteer for that, but probably close to 20. Um, and then we have community tree planting that is separate from Ready, Set, Plant and also upwards of like 80 volunteers. Yeah. Um, so over the past 30 years, God, probably like 3 million. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. And again, I'm just, you know, my hat goes off to y'all for bringing people out. Because so many times I think even just to go plant a tree, you know, you just learn other things along the way. And during that, it's like the rabbit hole you get sucked in. You're like, oh, dude, I want to know what those bird calls are. These tracks <laughs> on the ground are like this or that. And so it's it all starts with one thing. And so you get there. The, the vision is clear. The mission's clear. You want to connect people through the process of, you know, restoring bioremediation, let's say. And yeah, what, what did you do next? So what was your official title when you got hired? My official title is Community Tree Planting Assistant, um, but there are some other uh, things in the works, some different programs that are trying to get started that I will probably help out with more on like the tree care and maintenance side. Um, we used to have this program called Remove and Replace, and um, we unfortunately stopped having funding for it, so we couldn't continue it, but the whole idea behind it was to... Um, have people that can't afford like an arborist to come out and do work on their like hazardous tree by their house um, to come out and to do that work for them. Um, and then we give them a tree to plant in the place. So I actually worked at a tree care company called They Might Be Monkeys. And we did a job that was part of Tree Folks Remove and Replace program. So it's really cool and it's also full circle. It's like I'm trying to, I'm hoping to get funding for that to start it back up again because I would love to run that program if, you know, if we can get all our, you know, ducks in a row with it. But um, it's just great because, you know, not everyone can afford tree care. It's really expensive, but it's so important. And I want to be able to like teach and educate people how to do, you know, like smaller scale stuff, but to come in and remove like a dead tree from someone's yard that could potentially fall on their house. Like that's so important. Like yeah. someone's life, you know, but also give them a tree to plant in the place that may be more well suited for the kind of um, landscape that they have. So yeah, totally. It survives. Do y'all have educational programs like that that exist where people just come out or you bring, uh, you know, you bring your team to a house and talk about here's what you need to do basics on you know, youtube videos or anything people can watch <laughs> we do have videos on our website under the education tab and we do have like a whole education um program where we do like tree id walks and um just educational like um workshops basically um and we're trying to get that more like we usually do that more on the off season of planting so during the summertime um and I haven't been here really for one yet. We're trying to start some this summer um, with our super volunteers, trying to get them more, um, get more knowledge to them and train them up more. Um, they already know so much, but, you know, just just trying to spread the word of how to care for trees, basically. Um, but, yeah, so in the summertime, we'll have a lot more educational opportunities pop up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. There's a... Uh, <coughs> just so many organizations that I think would benefit from going and learning how to cultivate, you know, trees and a more 
you know, ethical way. Cause I, I sometimes look at like, for instance, HUB parking lot <laughs> and I'm like, isn't that a bald Cypress? Right. Why like in the middle of a parking lot, <laughs> right. like it, pretty sure that should be near a stream. Yeah, I go out sure. to Pedernales Falls and look at those monsters, yeah. old Baldy at McKinney <laughs> Falls. Like yes. these trees are not supposed to be in the middle of a parking lot. Mm-hmm. So you got to wonder like who, yeah. who approved that? Who and why? And why? Yeah. That's the big questions I always have too. I, I know like, you know, certain times I'll be driving around and I'll see, um, you know, trees that have like volcano mulching and things. And <laughs> it's like, ah, it drives me crazy. <laughs> and I don't know like where this got lost in translation that trees need that, but it's like the worst thing you can do. And it takes, it takes a while for the tree to show the stress, but like it will kill your tree if you yeah. keep doing that. Um, and yeah, I, I wonder if it's just like a money thing. Like, is it cheaper to put that there that you just did? Or like, what what is the reason behind it? Or just not knowing. And if it's just not knowing, then I would love to be able to like yeah. do teachings to larger scales like that. Like like an H-E-B uh, st- like landscape staff or whoever yeah. cares for the trees in those parking lots, you know? It is funny. I mean, I meet people. <clears throat> uh, you, you said that company was called something about monkeys. <laughs> they might be monkeys. I <laughs> I'm trying to think of that. This gentleman that I worked with, he came out to Ecology Action and he cleared a bunch of our dangerous yeah, trees. Yeah, that was them. That was them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah that his, was I wasn't there at the time, but I, my crew told me that. They yeah, I met. There. I yeah. met him. Okay. Yeah. He, I was. I was like, look, man. I was like, you come out here and clean these, <laughs> clean these trees up. I was like, I'll let your daughter go to summer camp for free. Oh, and awesome. so yeah, we she did a little there? trade. Yeah. That's awesome. It was. It was a good time for her and for oh us gosh. and. Um, but I, right when you said that, I was like, man, that name rings it's a bell. It's a very specific name. It's yeah. like, you can't really forget that name. That's a great name. <laughs> I remember watching him use all those tools, like this little bag thing that he slings up there. It's like so neat the way it grabbed onto the tree yes. and he'd pull while it cuts. And anyway. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, uh, I forgot where I was going to say what about now, what were you talking about? Something about planting trees and making parking decisions. Lot parking lot trees. Parking lot trees. Yeah. <laughs> It's just interesting that the people who are, oh, I was talking about dendrologists and people, or arborists specifically, and I've met a few who, um, for instance, one said to me, you know, he's like, oh, you know, these junk trees, these hackberry trees, and I was like, junk trees? I was like, elaborate on that, man. I was like, I don't know. trash trees. Yeah. It's the worst. And I was like, how long have you been cutting these trees down? He's like, oh, my, you know, 20, 30 years. I'm like, but have you ever... I don't know, just stop to look at it or inspect it before you cut it. Like the life that's in it, the berries, like it's all, there's a lot of protein in there, man. Like uh, the possums, the raccoons, foxes, a lot of things live on those things, especially the birds. So if you were to, you know, if you you remove all of them, we'd lose, I don't know, 40, 50% of our wildlife in Texas. Yeah. So to call that a junk tree, I I have to scratch my head. and, And I think they say that just because, you know, birds eat the seeds and then they, plop them out next to fence lines and things that are not ideal for someone wanting to cut them down. Sure. I get that. But you know, then like nature is doing what it's supposed to do by doing that. Like, right. And hackberries are native to central right. Texas and they are so good for the wildlife ecology out here that like you should never call it a They're trash staple tree. tree. They're, they are like essential yeah. to the ecology here. So I know <laughs> it drives me crazy. I agree that definitely there's times where they look horrendous. You know, they're losing their leaves and they just don't look like they're coming back in the spring and they look all yeah. decayed and eventually they will fall over. But again, <laughs> the, I don't know. There's one at uh, Mary Moore Seawright Park and it's just such a monster. I mean, yeah. you could take three people and wrap your arms right. connected around this big thing. And uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So 
you started planting trees and what else? I mean, what some of the educational aspects of tree folks are what exactly? So you have um, the reforestation stuff, uh, community building stuff in addition. Um, what are some other opportunities that folks would get by coming and hanging out with y'all? As far as education, I it's still something that I'm learning about what we do with it because I haven't been here during the time that they do it. I, I did go on a tree ID walk with tree folks before I worked there uh, last year as part of their education program. Um, and it was amazing because not only were they talking about trees and IDing them on this property that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to go on because um, it's like a private property. I think it's on an easement. Um, it's called Los Madronas Canyon or something like that. But, um, you know, they're talking about all the other um, plants and things that are around it and this really cool thing with this with like red oaks and ash junipers and their um duff creates the perfect environment for this one flower and it's like a rare flower Mm -hmm. and i forget what kind it is i need to look it up and share it with y'all but it's beautiful and i was like this is so cool and people also hate on ash junipers for i don't know cedar fever whatever reason which that's like a myth (laughs) but um You're going to get some hate. (laughs) All those people who are sick right now because of the pollen. It's cedar elms. Anyway, (laughs) Um, ash junipers, they're they're great trees and they're also native. And Mm -hmm. like to this area, they're like essential for certain things. And they grow in these really like, I don't know, I feel like hard conditions, you know, like in the limestone and all that. And it's just like, yeah, they're beautiful. It's awesome. I think they are. The golden cheek warbler, man. Exactly. You know? Yo, I, I will say that sometimes those nests, you know, that I think, uh, if you don't know this, when squirrels build nests, they're known as drays. So little huts, basically. And they pack them full of tinder and soft things that they can find. And they'll squeeze six to eight, sometimes up to 12 little babies and fell family members inside these things. Well, I lived up north in Austin one time, and there's this... Um, for anyone listening to this Austin podcast, you'll you'll know this place well. There's this place called International Residence. It's these apartments up near like the Jollyville area in Austin, and a unit caught fire. Oh. Now my mom's house is uh, I don't know I'd say four blocks away. Well, a cinder landed on one of these drays, oh, God. and it started a fire in the top of that tree like you wouldn't believe. And suddenly, I noticed all over the neighborhood were little micro fires. Oh. So those those juniper trees, man, they oh, man. definitely run the risk of yeah. all kinds of other stuff. But I totally get those it's poor squirrels, though. Yeah, it's insulating. <laughs> it's warm. Right, what can you, you can't sense. blame them. The golden cheek warbler making I their know. nest out of them too. They They're, got to. Yeah, they. Um, yeah get cut down a lot because people say that they suck up all the water during the day or something like that i'm always like heard of that trees are supposed to suck up the water (laughs) for anyone listening that is normal (laughs) trees are just like big straws essentially but (laughs) the ash juniper we did in the conservation corps we used to um do like fire line like cutting up to six feet high on the branches which helps prevent fires from like spreading up the tree so that is like helpful you don't have to cut it down you can just kind of cut some branches and Hopefully that helps. <laughs> yeah. Well, we go into, you know, different parks and stuff and the undergrowth of all that stuff, I think is a big fire hazard. So if you don't go yeah. through there and break all those lower branches that no longer, you know, feed the tree, yeah. um, I think it's best because if you if there's nothing for the 
fire to burn. It just passes yeah. through quickly. So, you know, the parks are always kind of like, mm, well, you know, you shouldn't be breaking this and that. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's a dead stick. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually a hazard. Also, though, prescribed burns are really important and we should be doing Oh, no, yeah. Because I do not deny that. If, if all that stuff is just ready to be caught fire, you might as well do it in a controlled setting. And then exactly. you get all the like, new growth that comes out of it. So good. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, what are some other things? Some w- talk to us about this reforestation work that Tree Folks does, if you could. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, so it's the Central Texas Flood Plain Restoration Program big mouthful um they're actually taking applications for it right now from landowners not only in travis county but all the surrounding counties that touch travis county yeah williamson hayes yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. um and so basically it's private landowners um participate in this 26-year commitment to protect the land um you know they basically promise they're not going to cut down the trees that you planted or anything like that um and it helps to reforest their land and they also um help to kind of like restore riparian areas with the types of trees they have like the the lowland the highland and the whatever the in the middle one is um and uh yeah i went and flagged flagged an area with the reforestation team a a couple months ago and it was like I don't even know, like 26 acres or something. It was a pretty big area, but super cool. Just super cool things that they're doing. Um, yeah. There, I was thinking about these in the concept of a lot of the, you know, mineral extraction around here, a lot of limestone places. Have y'all ever had an opportunity to consider those areas? So for instance, old quarries that are no longer being used. You know, mm-hmm. I usually know that they fill in, but then what happens to them after that? You know? Yeah, I I don't think we have done anything like that, but that is something to think about. I mean, if it's an area that used to have water that doesn't anymore, I think planting trees is the perfect way to get water back into those places because, yeah. I mean, you'd have to water it to get it started, but once it rains, you know, it would just be pulling water into that area uh, slowly over time, and that's what you want, essentially. Yeah. A lot of those areas end up getting turned into big ponds in some roundabout way. And then what ends up happening is the soil softens once it, you know, continues the retention of the water. And then the fall of Phragmites and the um, cattail and Tule and all that stuff start growing. And before you know it, it's just like all Cespenia and it's like You're saying so, all these words I don't know but they sound oh, cool. <laughs> those are all types of plants. Okay, I know so the cattails. Cattails, tules, no, yeah. uh, bull rush, a lot of people call them. Okay. But those turn into these big aquatic environment ecosystems that allow, you know, red winged blackbirds and sometimes I've even seen like beavers go, mon- oh. you know, or not beavers, excuse me, uh, nutrias oh. uh, <laughs> rooting around in there because they like those sedges. What is that? A nutria? Yeah. They're uh, South American water rats. Some people call them oh. koipus. Um, okay. They're around here. Are you they like s- otters? Uh, no, <laughs> they're a rodent family. Oh, rodents. And okay. they're, I, I think they're cool. Everybody's like, I hate them. <laughs> people hate rats, but... Yeah. Rats are good for stuff too. I love beavers. I love it all. <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, you look around this room, there's just everything is everywhere. Yeah. There's all kinds of, that hat is made of mushrooms right there. <laughs> it's of one of those, mushrooms? yeah, it's one of those am- Amadou Whoa. mushroom hats. That is pretty that cool. That one's a fox, skunk, deer skulls, <clears throat> elk, elk drums, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. I just love it all. So it's cool. Nothing in nature is like a, 
even mosquitoes. You know, I, I, I want to frown on mosquitoes all the time, but I'm like, man, the bats. You know, they I eat, know. there's like millions I of know. bats that eat those suckers every day. And I know. And being from Austin, I mean, you got to love the bats. You got to so love the bats. Kind of. You better get out if you don't love the bats. You have to love the mosquitoes <laughs> for the bats. I'm sure they eat other things, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a cool aspect of taking wetland areas and doing reforestation. And so the hope is to turn the area not into a wetland. So then you could have just more, I mean, what's are the, you asking? Or? Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. I'm saying what's the hope of, of reforesting this area is to bring back what to it and, and what, what I think it's mostly to just bring diversity. Um, and if it's an area that doesn't really have any trees, I mean, just to, to forest it a little bit, you know, it, I mean, they plant thousands and thousands of saplings. Not all of them are going to take, but just to get a few in there and, you know, they're good for birds and they're good for the waterways. They're good for so many things, uh, carbon sequestering, like just all these things that it just doesn't, you know, it's like if it's a flat land with nothing on it, you might as well. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I'm always wondering, like, where did it used to have trees? You know, like, is that yeah. the thing? Are y'all going in and looking at old records the sea like i don't know people i guess pull pollen out of soil and you can tell what trees used to be there oh, long ago yeah that's how they discovered that. um you know the story of utzi the ice man you know he had certain types of pollen on him from these lowland areas when mm. i guess he died and then the ice encrusted his body and they could tell where he had been because of the pollen that was all over him wild i have cool? never heard of that that sounds yeah. really cool Look ice man utzi it? it's it's you with the little umlauts over the top there you go and then utzi utzi <laughs> the ice man okay i'll look that one up um yeah, so I, I'm not 100% sure if we're going into places that have had trees and maybe they, like, cut them down for some reason, or it's probably both. It's probably that plus, like, places that just never had yeah. much trees growing. Um, yeah, don't quote me, though. Um, <laughs> that That's just a educated guess. No worries. I mean, like I said, we're here to just chat. I'm yeah. not trying to get you to prove anything to anyone right. or yourself. I'm just having <laughs> fun you. here. Hey, have you ever heard of that... Um, Oh, God, where is it? I think it's in California. Um, oh, it's like a tree museum. It's a very no. bizarre tree museum. What this, what this gentleman did was he bent and shaped the trees into an amazing array of things, like a checkered board and a chair, and one that, like, it goes up, like, he split it, mm -hmm. and then he bent it, ah, and it like grew, back, like, oh. grew back together, oh and God. then he split it again. And so it's little diamonds going Whoa. all the way up the tree, but it's, it's grows. And he made an arc that, so the tree like grows over and then like grew into this other tree and then two trees grew. It's a wild that thing. I'm trying to really think. Cool. If you think of the name of the name of the, me, I'm going to California later this year and I'd yeah, love to see that. I think the goal, if I remember reading the story correctly, was what he wanted to do was he wanted to open up a tree museum about the mm. uniqueness of trees and he did uh, 25 30 years worth of work and then like nobody really cared oh i guess God. some people came by and eventually he got the the property got sold and the person <gasps> no. was like yeah they were like oh we're gonna cut them all down but then somebody was like wait and the i Lorax think <laughs> i think they're still around yeah i have to look this up I have to. And if someone needs to start that again, I will happily take that on. I think you could, honestly. You might not be necessarily the tree that you want to do it with or whatever, but there are <laughs> unique trees that will do yeah. and accept those types of things. You know, I yeah. think you could get privet to do that weird stuff. They'll grow 
privet will grow right back in ash trees and specifically will grow right back into itself and reabsorb mm-hmm. and you could bend those yeah. long poles and different things yeah. i yeah. think you've really just like opened up a pathway in my mind now ah, <laughs> that's about, what this is good we for. actually have a um bonsai workshop that is coming up th- <gasps> that we're doing with the bonsai society so this is like right up their alley Whoa! <laughs> i'd have to you know collaborate with them maybe and be like hey what about this. <laughs> I had a friend who was dedicated <laughs> and determined to creating a bonsai juniper tree. Like I think I've seen those. Like it was a juniper tree that was Tiny. micro, but actually had the berries. The, it, well, I don't know that it had berries, but oh. it had that trunk-looking bark. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. like an inch. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh, is this real or is this fake? Right. So. Mm. I'm curious. I want to come to a bonsai convention and check out yeah. the unique so species cool. <laughs> of trees and how they do that. I think those trees are cool too. Yeah. Like a tree in your house, man. I mean, yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> is, I mean, you know, some people don't like it because it's kind of like restricting the tree, but it's kind of like having house plants. If you think about it, we domesticated all these plants to be house plants, just like animals. Yeah. Wow. I, do people feel that way? I thought the bonsai was, I guess it some was. Some people do. Some cultivated. tree lovers do. Okay. <laughs> but I'm for it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think at some point along both the evolution of humans and our e- e- ecosystem, we, I don't know, what, what's their solution? Just to destroy all the little bonsai trees? Is that what you want to do? I don't know. Keep them big, I guess. <laughs> I guess people just don't it's want Texas, them you know? <laughs> making more. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Maybe. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, getting into some other stuff here with the community building around Austin. And I noticed you said you do work with extended counties um, around Austin, but what are some other community building things that we can look for as far as tree folks goes? Yeah, so aside from, like our main community building that we do with the trees is the Ready, Set, Plants, which is planting upwards of like, usually like 1,300 saplings um, in one event. And that is where we partner with the City of Austin Watershed Protection. And um, we plant along riparian areas um, and try to, you know, just improve creek health and diversity and things like that. Um, And that's, you know, we have 50 to 100 volunteers that come out every time. we have one this Saturday, actually. We have a few I'll talk about later. But yeah. that is the biggest, I think, community building thing that we do. But we also have the Young Professionals, um, which is you sign up to make a $20 donation annually. Um, or you can do a $60 one if you're feeling fancy. Um, and essentially, it just gives you access to, like, they do, like, these social get-togethers uh, centered around trees, whether it's, like, tree ID walks or just the other night they had, like, tree bingo. Um, just a lot of different things, educational things, as well as social things that get people, like, in their early 20s just out and, you know, in nature and uh, talking about it and learning about it and sharing um, but also just like making friends with people that have common interests, you know, because I mean, it's pretty big in Austin, I think, but it's still helpful to have like an avenue and a and a place to go for that kind of thing. And what are the ages uh, for that program? I I want to say it's early tw- 20s. <laughs> is it 21 and up? I think. Is there a, like um, sometimes. I have no idea. 
<laughs> libations invo- involved? I think it's you can. There's some place like the other night they were at um, Cosmic, but you know they have a lot of non-alcoholic drinks oh, yeah, as well. Totally. So it's not like you have to be 21 to join this. Very or, cool. And but, so yeah. people who would join that are they looking because it's called Young Professionals, and is it Young Professionals in the sense of becoming perhaps like an arborist or an ecologist, or are you looking to gain college students, or is it just any old person who wants to? pique their interest about trees? I think it's a little bit of both, but uh, mostly I think the demographic that does go towards it is people who are already young professionals in some other field and they want to still be involved in like nature and, you know, conservation or whatever. Um, So I'm sure there is people that go that are interested in like becoming an arborist and things like that. Um, So it's good like networking too, but I think it is, a lot of people that, you know, they do sit at the desk and they are, that is the job that they chose and they're good at it and they like it or whatever, but they still want to be outside and they still want to do things that, you know, in the sun and with trees and people. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's, a, that's the culture of Austin that I love is everywhere I go, there is some outdoor patio, mm-hmm. you know, there is some kind of cool get together every everywhere I go I'm just like <laughs> yeah. stopping by to pick up some groceries and I'm driving <laughs> by you know buzz mill or whatever else yes. is going on and there's always something going on I like that you call I guess the surrounding areas uh, your neighborhoods um yeah I guess neighborhoods is actually the name of what we the tree adoption um event so um I think they call it that because it's like you know, we're, we're giving away trees in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. so it's neighborhood. <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. a cool neighborhoods. Yeah, it's kitschy. And then, um, yeah, so there's been a lot in 89. How, how many years is that? 20, almost 25. Is it? Oh. Wait, are we doing on. math Let's, right? 20. So from 89, 25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like 24. <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah, you have a school, you know, math better than I do. No, <laughs> we, we do teach a little math, but it's all about teaching them trees and yeah. edible plants and all that good stuff. There you go. But what's been the biggest project that you've gotten to be a part of there? Let's see. I think so far it has been maybe the neighbors planting trees that we did. Um, we kicked off the planting season with that in, I think, the end of October. Yeah, it was like Halloween weekend or something. Um, and that one, we planted container trees at a school. I want to say there was about 70 container planted trees. Um, and so we had a bunch of people from the school and their parents and their kids all come out. Um, and that one was a bigger deal because we were focusing on, like, like equity for like tree canopy because in certain areas obviously the canopy is um there's not as much canopy um and we're trying to focus on those areas to get more canopy coverage um and so that event was in one of those areas it was at um Perez Elementary School down south kind of oh yeah Um, I think Uh, you must know it's like Perez Middle School (laughs) yes yeah I know that school well um yeah and they also um they had this special um, thing that they did in partnership with uh, Go Austin Vamos Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, recruited people to come in. And we tried to kind of break the barrier of like, let's say you, you know, can't pay for childcare or you have to miss work just to come and volunteer. So we offered like a stipend. Um, oh. And 
it, it was just for that one, and we have another one coming up at the end of the planting season as well. Um, but, you know, we don't normally get to do that, and it was really great that we could offer that to people who, you know, maybe work on the weekends, and they can't come out and volunteer, but they really want to get involved somehow. So yeah. that was awesome. These trees that y'all plant, are you all helping propagate them, like, on a site here in Austin, or are they, where are they coming from? We get them from two main growers um, that source their seeds from Central Texas, yeah. um, and then they grow them themselves, and then we buy the saplings off of them. Um, and then we buy our container trees from like local places, um, in central Texas as well. But our goal is to have a tree folks nursery and we're in the beginning processes of it. Um, our education coordinator collected a bunch of seeds, like thousands and thousands of seeds. And so we're trying to get that started. Um, you know, it just takes time and money yeah. and people. <laughs> things. Dude, I know, man, I'm my, my buddy, Eric over there at ecology action. He planted some old what are they called? Treaty oak seeds? No. Yeah. I've and been wanting to get my hands on some treaty oak seeds. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk to him. I bet you he can get you some. And uh, Eric from Ecology Action. Eric from Ecology he was just on the podcast. And then what happened was I think they maybe made it two and a half, three years. They were little babies. And I think the rabbits destroyed them all. This is it rabbits or squirrels? One of the two. Dang. They chewed them right in half. That's And, uh... <laughs> I think a deer got a few of them too. It's just like, yeah. it's tough. Animals love them. They do. Gotta have that greenhouse. <laughs> and I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. But man, if you've babied these trees and I nurtured know. them in a nursery and then suddenly the gate gets left open or I whatever know. happens, I can see how frustrating that would be. And yeah. and really, it, it, it's all for one thing, you know, which is to make sure these trees continue to see life. And yeah, yeah it's it's wild. Um and what are what are some challenges there that you all face challenges. with tree folks? I mean, a nonprofit always has its challenges with whether it's like getting funding for certain things or, you know, just like so many things you want to get done and not enough hours in the day, not enough people. Even though we have grown quite a bit, we're at 17 people and that's the biggest it's been in I think maybe ever. Um, so, you know, just that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, growing, growing yeah. things. Yeah, sure. exactly, growing things. There's, um, I don't know, a lot of work to be done in the, do y'all, like, I'm sure you get involved with, like, Amplify Austin and oh, all yes. that. We're yeah, during that. the big donation yeah. cycles. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. That's good. It's coming up soon. And y'all's land, um, where are y'all located? We, oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> 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 um, we are located over by the... Um, the Austin Center for Environmental Research over off Platte Lane. Mm -hmm. um, Is that near 183 and that big interchange over there? Kind of near the Colorado River a little bit? Right by Tesla Road. <laughs> it's like right oh, near Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it is actually right on the same road as the river trail. Yeah. That they do all the birding and things. That's um, what I was really thinking. Really pretty area, yeah. I've seen y'all signs over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly recommend checking out that river trail. It's really cool. Um, How many acres do y'all have over there? Not that much. <laughs> it's um, it's like an old house that we work in. Yeah. And um, I honestly don't even know. Like, I know how much an acre is, 
but I don't know how many acres we have. It's it's not how a many whole hectares lot of them. Do yeah, you have? exactly. I'm just <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's make this more tell difficult. You all the technical stuff. But um, how many football fields is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's actually it's probably one football field. <laughs> there you go. See, um, isn't it funny how we choose to measure things <laughs> yes, here in America? It is. I saw somebody I say the other day football. they were like, "If you, what did they say? They were like, it's four washing machines why and oh i was like man gosh. you're just breaking your neck not to use anything but the metric system yes. aren't you and he was like say that three turtles lengths away from me why don't you thought <laughs> that's so H-E-B funny it's land. one h-e-b there you go everybody in texas knows yes. exactly what you're yes. talking about now there you exactly. go exactly um yeah so that's where we're at but we're we're about to get a bunch of renovations done on that spot in the summertime. So that'll be nice to kind of upgrade a little bit. Yeah. Do you have any t- stories from your time working there that are entertaining or <laughs> comical or hmm, let's I guess, see. I yes. guess comedy is pretty <laughs> subjective these days, isn't it? It can be. <laughs> the one thing that comes to mind is we did a planting at the circuit of the Americas. Oh, um, that's not the funny part, but <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. They cleared random. everything out of there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's a it's kind of yeah, it seemed like an odd place to do a planting, but I'm glad to get some trees in there with all the emissions that they're kicking out. Um the funny part is we were it was probably like my second event ever and me and my supervisor were pulling in the trucks to set everything up and get everyone situated and I mean, it is a busy time over there. It was right before F1 and all that, so oh, yeah. everyone was just rushing around chickens with heads cut off and I pull in and I I did I just did not pull in the proper place and so I had to back up and it's like stopping like mounds of traffic for these people that are trying to get stuff done and I was like oh god please wait and I'm like with the truck and trailer trailer. like a big trailer just like trying to back it up all like you know maneuver it well you're like left right yeah exactly and (laughs) my boss is back there just laughing and like trying to get me in the the right place and like please wait hold on but it was a great plant I mean we planted some really big trees there um but that was just like a chaotic day, but a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been in those situations where you sometimes are just in the stress of it all and then things start piling up on you mm-hmm. and you're <laughs> yeah. like sign-ins for summer camp for us. It's oh, like yeah. so nightmarish sometimes because <laughs> we're like, arrive maybe 30 minutes early so we can right. like get this long process. But then they all show up right at 8.50 and right. you're like, oh, this is like 50 <laughs> people just yeah. waiting in a line and it try to make stressful. it more efficient. But <clears throat> yeah. I... I definitely have been there in those types of struggles, but yeah, Coda is an interesting place. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody told me one time, they were like, you know, the only thing that all the trillion dollar cities have in the world in common, <laughs> and I was like, what's that? And they're like, F1 racetracks. I did not realize. <laughs> but they call it that. It's Circuit of the Americas. That means there's yes. one. Yeah. That's it. It's the only one. Austin, Texas. It's a right outside. One. Yeah. I've no, I want to race cars on that thing. You think they'll let me? Can you go out Maybe there and race cars? Maybe I can cars get you an in or something. I, would, I want to try that. I think, it'd but. Be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> so if somebody out there is listening to this, what would you tell them if they were looking to get involved with Tree Folks? I say do it. I yeah. Say what would be the first step for them? What do they need to do? Yes. If you want to get involved, um, go to treefolks.org, and we have a tab that says... Uh, get involved and then we have like a volunteer tab and you can see all of our volunteer events um yeah we have one coming up this saturday and every saturday until the end of march 
um, yeah, not only the tree plantings, but the tree adoption giveaways. Um, and what else do we have? We do sometimes random volunteer things like, mo- like the day before uh, tree adoption, we do tree aerobics, moving the trees around and getting that workout in. Um, tree aerobics, I yeah. like it. That's good. <laughs> Very clever. Um, but yeah, so those are the ways to get involved right now. And then hopefully in the summertime, we'll have more like tree ID walks and things for people to come on, um, which are always fun. Very cool. Do you have to work for tree folks to do one of those tree walks? No, no. Could it's I, open could to I the do public. one? Yeah. Could I course. do a tree walk for y'all? Oh, like be our, be our tree ID yeah. docent. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think we could set that up. <clears throat> that would yeah, be really cool. That would be awesome. Do you have a place that you have in mind? Uh, we could go anywhere. Go we can go up north. We could go to <laughs> out west. We can go east. We can go south. We can go central. <laughs> You're just naming all the directions. Well, just no, but we do t- it meaning in Austin. Well, but not that's what only I mean. Austin. Do you want to go like North Austin? Do you want to go South Austin? Because right. as you get east, you start seeing more like Eastern Redwood. Mm. Ju- I mean, Eastern Redwood. Sorry, Eastern <laughs> Red Cedar yeah. trees. Those and as you cool. go west, you get more juniper. And that's there's true. different types of because yeah. of the escarpment and the fault lines and all that stuff. Right. Um, there's different little bioregions. But yeah, wherever I'll, I'll we'll do one in each single location how about that ecology action (laughs) we could do one there yeah yeah we'll we'll talk yeah i'll email you about it that's not that would be a really cool i I love talking about trees oh you're fine (laughs) i love talking about trees i nerd out about trees they (laughs) fascinate me to no end and um i just think people don't I, i always explain it like this if you when you come home and you have a dog your dog demands your attention, mm-hmm. you know? So unless you're that callous and you're like, get off me, <laughs> but you're not going to be right. You give right. the dog attention the moment you're home. You're sure. excited. It's excited. There's this excited energy in the air. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if that energy existed with trees when you walked outside. That's really funny. You know, you would that. have this bombardment of, yeah. Hey, look at me. You know, and you yes. would get to know them, but because I think they're this perception of stagnant, benign, stationary like you have got to be the one to initiate that relationship and i think that's where people find it difficult because of the way the instant gratification culture works of america and well not just america but you know humans <laughs> <The> world. humans <laughs> yeah. sorry america um but it's more here that I've, i feel in other places i've visited and um yeah i just want people to be able to go and take a field guide Yes. Right. And just read something about that tree. One of my favorite books in the world is The Remarkable Plants of Texas, um, mm-hmm. you know, by Matthew Turner. And in there, he gives amazing historical de- details and accounts of all the native tree species. So bizarrely enough, for instance, he talks about in that book that a long time ago, mesquite trees used to be around when dinosaurs were around. Shut up. I know. That's what I said. I was like, shut up, whatever. The dinosaur tree? They were dinosaur trees. (laughs) And so we're talking 100 million plus years ago. Now, they did not have the type of thorns that they had back then. So they were just getting devoured. And that's why they're so aggressively thorned because they would stab you the roof of your mouth. I mean, (laughs) those things can pop tires. Oh, yeah. Those things are intense. They're they're very severe. Another one is the Ocotillo from Big Bend, the Desert West Mm. Texas region. And that was an underwater area. You study the ecology under it. It was all underwater. So that used to be an underwater plant that is now a desert plant. That is wild how that works. So so cool. Beautiful, right? And that's that's what I'm hoping that when people get involved at Tree Folks, that they're not just coming to really, you know, make a 
a better change in this world by planting a tree, but they're really like establishing a connection with why that tree should be planted there. Yeah. So absolutely. That's such a huge part of it is, you know, once you plant a tree, you have like a, it's like you want it to survive. You want it to do well. So the fact that we plant them in public places means that you can come back and check on your trees anytime. Yeah. <laughs> like people that name the trees, it gives you like, it gives them like a, I don't know, a sense of purpose or something. And then Belonging. You, you just have more connection to it. And that's like such a big part yeah. of what we do. I love just those three words, awareness, belonging, and connection. <clears throat> the ABCs. Everyone needs, yeah. Those are the true ABCs, honestly. <laughs> Not airway breathing circulation. No, <laughs> just kidding. Medics out those there. Those are important. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Um, some events that you've talked about already and then um, some things on how we can find you all. Yes. Some events. You want me to talk about what we have coming up? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. Um, so this weekend on Saturday, we're actually doing a planting at Gibbons Park. I think we might have enough people for that already, so we might not need more. But we're also doing one at Agave Park, Shoal Creek, Highland Park, and then our next neighbors planting trees, the equity one, <laughs> is um, at Graham Elementary up north. Yeah. Um, so those are the next planting events. Um we do have other tree adoption events that I'm not sure what dates because that's a different program and I didn't write those down. Are those always on Saturday? Um, the Ready, Set, Plants are usually on Saturday and the tree adoptions are always on Saturday. Um, the Shoal Creek one coming up in a couple weeks is on a Friday. Um, and we have had another one on a Friday, which was great because we got some people out that don't normally get to come out, people that maybe work on the weekend. So, yeah. yeah. And where can we follow y'all? You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we have a link tree on our Instagram. Um, where else? LinkedIn. Wherever. Wherever you want to type in our name. Yeah. So just <laughs> type in tree the folks. Main ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Y'all have that name just for the whole United States. It's <laughs> currently here in Central Texas. I love that. Yes. Um, well, great. Layla, thank you so much for being here and doing this with us to share the story and kind of history of tree folks and what it is that y'all are attempting to do and that you are doing. And uh, I really appreciate you being on. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here and I'll talk about trees anytime with you. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have you back on, you know, every six to, you know, months to a year. We'll, I'd love to have guests re-come on and just catch up yeah. what they've been doing already. People have emailed me. They're like, are you going to have this guest back on? Cause I have questions. I'm like, Oh, oh nice. that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. If y'all who listening to this, uh, ever have a curiosity for some of the guests and you want to ask questions, info at natureversity.org. Great place to send those to. And that's it, everybody. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Bye Layla. <laughs>